You are listening to Forward, a podcast of island readers and writers. This is your host, Taylor Mace. I'm here today with Maine author Maria Padian, who is the author of five books for teens, including Out of Nowhere, which Island Readers and Writers has used in programs in the past about, um, inspired by the Somali migration to Lewiston. And Maria is out now with her latest book for teens, How to Build a Heart. Maria, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. How to Build a Heart came out this past January, and we had hoped to have a book launch with Maria. Uh, We had scheduled to have a book launch with Maria at the Jessup in Bar Harbor, but unfortunately, it got canceled once due to winter weather and the second time due to um, COVID. So I feel very lucky to have Maria at least on um, Zoom with me today. Now, How to Build a Heart is a coming-of-age story about a young girl um, dealing with several issues. And I was hoping that, Maria, you could share a little bit about your inspiration behind this character and this story. Okay, thanks. Well, again, thank you very much for the work that um, Island Readers and Writers does reaching out to so many kids. And and thank you for including me and my work here. Um, This latest book, How to Build a Heart, is probably of all my books the closest to my own heart because I drew on um, some of my own background in order to write this book. Um, What a lot of um, my other readers may not know about me is that um, I'm half Spanish. Um, My mom um, is um, Hispanic. She was, uh, she grew up in New York City. Her first language was Spanish. Um, And my dad is Irish. And so um, I grew up in a family where, while Spanish was my mother's first language, my dad doesn't speak Spanish. So English was the language in our home. And um, while I look um, nothing like my Irish father, I don't speak Spanish like my Spanish mother. And so like the narrator in my book, How to Build a Heart, I was very much the child of two cultures, um, two backgrounds, um, which kind of left me feeling a little displaced. I would compare it to um, being a guest at a country club to which you never could really be a full-fledged member. And every time I tried to step into one um, culture or another, I always felt like a little bit of a fraud. Um, Whenever I, you know, whip up my mother's rice and beans or make some empanadas, they're never quite as good as hers. Um, And whenever I start to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, I always feel like a little bit of a fraud. So that sort of cultural displacement is what I leaned into in order to create my character, whose name is Izzy Crawford. And Izzy is 16 years old, and her father was a white guy from North Carolina. And her mother is from Puerto Rico, that parents met when her dad was stationed in Puerto Rico. And her father has passed. He was a Marine. He died in combat. And when the story opens, Izzy lives with her mother and her little brother, Jack, who never met her dad. And they have moved around a lot as her mother has gone from place to place looking for better jobs 
and a better future and a better home for the kids um, with some mixed results. They've lived in some pretty crummy places. And when the story opens, um, Izzy and her mother and Jack are living in a mobile home park in a town called Clayton, Virginia. And the arc of the story follows some really cool news for Izzy and her family. They have been selected by Habitat for Humanity to build a house. And for anyone who knows about Hab Habitat knows that this is a marvelous program where people who are living in substandard rental housing can take that move into home ownership, which is a great economic engine for low-income people. Um, but what that also means is that there's a lot of publicity that comes with being a Habitat family. You do fundraisers, and there's usually a lot of news coverage about a new Habitat house going up. And for Izzy, this is a nightmare because she has, everywhere she's moved, kept her background and her family's financial situation a secret. She is undeservedly ashamed of being poor. And so wherever she goes, she hides a lot about that from her friends. And now, while this Habitat house is going to be the realization of a dream and the permanence that she's longed for, it also threatens to kind of rip the Band-Aid off these secrets that she's been keeping. And so while the arc of the story follows a Habitat build, it also follows Izzy's journey from being someone who has not fully embraced her own identity and who she is to being a person who is unafraid to step into the light of who she is. She also faces some other um, teen issues, such as a, a love triangle and issues, friendship problems. How is it that you are able to tap into what it feels like to be that age? Oh, it's so much fun to tap into it. Um, you know, it's so interesting. My, my, my Irish grandma always used to say to me, me, she, she said, you know, I, I look at my 70-year-old my body and I feel like somebody has played a trick on me because I'm still the same young girl I ever was. <laughs> and um, I remember the time I was a young girl and I remember thinking, what is she talking about? But now I kind of, I'm starting to get it. Um, we, we can always lean back into those feelings that we had when we were teenagers. And what's so fun about writing young adult fiction is I can lean back into those feelings of when I was a teen and those things that were so important at the time, but with some adult perspective. Um, so that's, that's been really what's been fun for me, writing books for young adults. Um, I also am somebody, I really like teenagers. Um, and I also love the way teenagers read. I, I don't know about you, but the books that I read when I was a young person have just emblazoned themselves on my heart. I can remember them. I remember the illustrations. I read them again and again. Um, the adult books that I read now for my book group, I have to kind of scratch my head sometimes to remember what I recently read. So young people read with their hearts first. They lead with their hearts. And um, I want to write for that kind of a reader um, who's passionate, who wants characters that they love and characters that they hate, um, you know, higher highs and lower lows. That's how you write young adult fiction. And so um, the other thing too about young adult fiction there's some really terrific stuff out there in the genre. I really admire a lot of my, my peers and the things that they're creating. And, um, you know, it's not just about, you know, romances on the beach and, you know, nail polish and music. It's real hard hitting issues and taking it on in a way that appeals to young people. I just find challenging and really exciting, really, really exciting. So it's, it's been a lot of fun for me.
what are some of those books that you read um, as a teen that stuck with you? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I always loved historical fiction. So one of my favorite historical fiction books was Johnny Tremaine. Um, so the, it just brought the American Revolution alive for me. Another one of my favorite books was The Witch of Blackbird Pond. Mm. Um, I remember Lisa Brighton Dark, and I remember a book called My Sister Mike about a girl who was a real athlete and everybody wanted her to be more ladylike. Um, you know, I came of age during the women's movement. So a lot of stories about girls finding their voices and stepping out and um, you know, I, I grew up in a time where if a girl was a good athlete, people used to call her a tomboy. I mean, what kind of a word was that, a tomboy? Um, and so those were, the, those were the kind of stories that I used to love, those, those coming-of-age girl power stories that um, just very much reflected the changes that I was going through when I was a teenager. Well, I, you can definitely see that in How to Build a Heart as Izzy um, comes into her own um, and, and into herself. Um, I wanted to ask you about Out of Nowhere, um, mm-hmm. which is, I've heard you talk about before, and I love um, loved hearing you talk about how you did the research and came up with the idea for this story, which mm-hmm. shares um, some themes with How to Build a Heart. Um, could you just share with our listeners who may not have read Out of Nowhere, um, just a little bit behind that book that is set here in Maine. Sure, so Out of Nowhere is fiction, but it's inspired by actual events which have taken place in the city of Lewiston, Maine, which saw a real um, sudden and unexpected influx of Somali refugees moving to that city. Um, I won't get into all the, the background as to why that happened, but I live here in Brunswick, And at some point, there was um, a big peace rally that had taken place in Lewiston, organized by a group called the Many in One. And um, I went up there with my family to um, um, attend the rally. And while I was there, um, Somali teenagers who were attending Lewiston High School at the time got up and spoke you know, at the, and in front of a massive audience of maybe 5,000 people. They're up at a microphone reading from cards because their English wasn't very good. And they told their coming to America story and what it meant for them to leave refugee camps and come to a place where they were free and could get an education. And coming from um, my background, where all my grandparents were immigrants, the coming to America story was very much a part of our growing up and our identity. Um, So I was very moved by these children and these teenagers. But as I went about trying to figure out how do I write about this, someone sent me straight and said, Maria, do not conflate being an immigrant and being a refugee. He said, the immigrant comes with their heart in their hands. The refugee has left their heart behind. And these children had experienced, universally, they had experienced incredible loss and trauma in many cases, violence that they were recovering from. So I had to be very sure to understand what their experience was before I could even begin to write about it. And um, what I ended up doing was going to Lewiston. I was very fortunate to be introduced to a number of uh, teenagers at Lewiston High School, um, both like native Maine kids as well as Somali um, new arrival kids. And 
they told me their stories about what it was like to be in their high school and particularly what it was like to play soccer together because this was the phenomenon that had taken place at Lewiston High School with all these new kids. They were fantastic soccer players and they tried out for this team and elevated the level of the game and transformed Lewiston soccer to the point where now that soccer team is almost always a contender for the state championship in Maine. Um, so that was kind of the, the hook that I use when I wrote the story. It's the story uh, centers on the friendship that develops between a Somali boy and a Maine boy who play soccer together. But I base the story on real interviews and experiences that I had with kids from Lewiston who shared their stories with me. Out of Nowhere is a wonderful book and it shares some uh, themes of um, diversity and racism that are also present in How to Build a Heart. And I was hoping, uh, Maria, you could speak to that. Um, you know, it was interesting. I, there's, there's a real movement in the, in the kid-lit world, um, what do we call it, hashtag own voices, where they really are encouraging um, more uh, writers of color to um, tell their stories, write their stories. I think we're starting to see a lot more of that even now coming out of the Somali community with um, Abdi Nuriftin has come out with a marvelous um, memoir called Call Me American. It's now available in paperback and he's writing a young adult version of that. Um, when I was writing Out of Nowhere, I took great care to not write from the point of view of a Somali narrator because I didn't feel that I could authentically tell the story from that point of view. My narrator instead is a white 18-year-old Maine boy. At the time, my son was living home, so I felt like I could, I sort of heard that voice in my head a lot more um, clearly. Um, and for How to Build a Heart, I felt very comfortable writing from Izzy's point of view as a girl who is half Spanish and half Anglo, um, because this was something I felt very much was part of my experience. Um, um, what, I, what I would say is that we talk a lot about children, children finding books and seeing books that have mirrors and windows and sliding glass doors. Um, this is not um, anything I've made up. This is an, another writer who has, has coined this phrase. And this is so children can see books and read books where they recognize themselves. They see opportunities for um, growth, and they see ways out into another world that they can grow into. And so I think the more and more we can find um, books that feature um, diverse characters and that are written by diverse authors, um, the more our own children who are not from those kind of backgrounds are gonna learn and are going to be able to empathize with communities that they don't see every day. Um, I think that when we talk about racism, particularly what, what I've done in How to Build a Heart is um, I've painted, I think, with a little bit more of a, of a light stroke than I did in um, Out of Nowhere. There's one section in particular in the book where Izzy is at a cookout with her um, white boyfriend. And he has, a, he has a neighbor who really worked very hard against Habitat for Humanity locating new homes near their big uh, McMansions out in, in the suburbs of Clayton, Virginia. And what Izzy is very troubled about is that even though 
this man is clearly what, what she can tell is he's a, he's a racist, that her boyfriend's family doesn't bar him from coming to their home and going to cookouts in the backyard. They, they tolerate him and they, they argue with him, but they just sort of say, oh, what a jerk. And Izzy is standing there and her feelings are such that calling him a jerk isn't enough. And she's trying to understand how she feels about this, that this boyfriend and his family, who she loves and admires, are not responding and feeling the way she feels about these racist comments. And the way she describes it is that the racism is subtle. It's like smoke. It's like something you smell. And that it's not always something you can easily just grab and name and see it. But because it's something you smell, what she realizes is they don't smell it the way I do. I'm downwind of it. And they're not. And it was a way that I was trying to dramatize or capture for students and for readers how this might feel. Um, again, without, without revealing too much about my own background and things that I had seen go on in my family, um, it was something that I had seen and experienced myself. And um, again, I think that the way that we build bridges is by creating stories and building empathy through stories. And so hopefully I've done a little bit of that in Out of Nowhere and with this new book, How to Build a Heart. Well, absolutely. And not only are these two um, just wonderfully um, written stories, they also have these um, deep layers that um, can be introduced to teens and, and even adult readers. And um, so I, I really recommend reading Maria's books. Um, Maria has agreed to read a little excerpt from How to Build a Heart. So we're lucky to have the author reading her words. So thank you. Um, I'm just going to read the first couple of pages of the book. And um, when the story opens, Izzy is in a car with her girlfriend, Roz, who lives right across the street from her. You do realize you're a stalker, right? One corner of Roz's mouth curls up, her version of a smile. A full-on smile is rare from Roz, not that I'd see one now. I speak to her profile as she powers her mother's rust bucket of a car along the winding roads of McMansion land. She's intent on her target and keeps her eyes focused forward. Yeah, Izzy, she says. So what does that make you? Great question. And not without a little edge, Roz's comebacks are razors. I'm not half as sharp, so I don't say what pops into my head. Mommy's voice in Spanish. She always doles out her wisdom and warnings in Spanish, even though she knows my Spanish sucks. Dime con quien andes y te diré quien eres. In other words, tell me who you're hanging out with and I'll tell you who you are. Which is code for, I don't like your friends, Isabella. Which translates to, especially Roz Jenkins, which is muy inconvenient since Roz is my best friend and lives across the road from us. Instead of a comeback, I make my best innocent face. Me? Just along for the ride. Roz laughs this quick punch of sound, like the smile a full-on laugh from her is rare. Accessory to crime, more like, she says. I throw my hands up in surrender. Honestly, officer, she said she was just giving me a lift home from school. 
I had no idea she was hunting hot guys. The corner of Roz's mouth curls down. These guys are not hot. They're douchebags, she corrects me. Right, I say. I'm just curious is all. Obsessed, more like, I don't bother to argue. What else would you call our latest detour into the outer reaches of Clayton, Virginia? Miles from lovely Meadowbrook Gardens Mobile Home Park, where we live. I've cruised these back roads with her seven times, occasionally catching a glimpse of a huge house with a three-car garage set back in the trees. There's not much else to see in McMansion land, which is Roz's term for where the rich, superficial, fake assholes from her high school live. Seven times. And that's not counting how many trips I'll bet she's made out here by herself. These people fascinate me, Roz continues. Admit it. Don't you love when you lift a rock and all the bugs scuttle? Totally. Love doing that. I agree. But we're not lifting anything here with these drive-bys. It's more like we're sitting three feet from the rock, staring at it, waiting for bugs. We'll see bugs tonight, she assures me. I think I'll stop there. Thank you, Maria. And I love the images of two girls, high school girls in a car, and I can just see them <laughs> doing that. Um, How to Build a Heart is out now. And um, in our community, both the Southwest Harbor Public Library and the Jessup Memorial Library have the, the title available. And of course, you can contact your local library to uh, re request it through interlibrary loan. For more about Maria, visit mariapadian.com and follow her on Instagram at mariapadian. Thank you for listening to Forward, a podcast of island readers and writers. Join me next week with my guest, Director of School Programs, Allison Johnson. We're going to talk about great summer reads for kids, picture books, and more. Bye.